Hello and welcome everyone once more to Evangelion interpreting scripture and life as we continue to work our way through Paul's letter to the Galatians letter which is very dear to my heart and today we come to what I've been referring to as the thesis statement in Galatians this is perhaps the most central section of the letter uh, if you want to understand actually what the letter is ultimately all about and as i've mentioned in previous podcasts this is where the key vocabulary the key salvation vocabulary uh, is introduced it's very important that you keep in mind the previous episode and the um, shenanigans in antioch that we talked about last time you'll remember that paul publicly castigated peter because he withdrew from the mixed fellowship table in Antioch when some colleagues of James turned up to the meal, presumably to look at what it would be like if Jewish and Gentile believers were eating together. Well, what we have in Galatians 2, 15 through 21 is what most scholars are agreed is a theoretical rebuke of Peter from Paul. So when in verse 15 he says we are Jews by nature, most specifically the we he's talking about is himself and Peter. So what you have to imagine, and there is some debate about how um, verse 14 transitions to verse 15, but the majority scholarly position, which is the one certainly that I go along with, is that this is what Paul would have said to Peter were this uh, situation to continue. Now we're not I don't think to assume that verses 15 to 21 constitute what Paul actually said. I think we should consider the episode um, over with in verse 14. But the transition implies that here is the rebuke that Paul would have given to Peter. This is what he would say, and this is why he was so outraged in Antioch. I think it's also important to bear in mind that the Antioch situation is what then forms the context for this um, thesis statement. In other words, it's because Gentiles were being marginalized in a fellowship meal that Paul first starts talking about justification by faith. Again, the very vast majority of scholars, apart from a couple of random German scholars uh, in the last decade, the vast majority of scholars would say that Galatians is earlier than Romans. Most people would date Galatians possibly to uh, the early 50s or the mid 50s, um, depending on, uh, you remember I, I mentioned in the first podcast that there is some debate as to who the Galatians actually are that it might affect the date. Well, there are some who, who put Galatians near the mid 50s, others very early 50s or possibly even the late 40s. But Romans certainly um, uh, dates to the late 50s. So Galatians predates Romans. It's an earlier letter. Therefore, this is the first place then that Paul ever mentions justification by faith. And he does so directly in response to a situation where Gentiles were being marginalized by Jews Gentile Christians were being marginalized by Jewish Christians at a fellowship meal. It's with that in mind that Paul 
is speaking here and you have to imagine him speaking as if he was speaking to Peter in relation to that situation in Antioch and this is what we read in Galatians 2 in verse 15 and following we are Jews by nature and not sinners from among the Gentiles nevertheless knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law but through faith in Christ Jesus even we have believed in Christ Jesus so that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law since by the works of the law no flesh will be justified but if while seeking to be justified in Christ, we ourselves have also been found sinners, is Christ then a minister of sin? May it never be. For if I rebuild what I have once destroyed, I prove myself to be a transgressor. For through the law, I died to the law, so that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live I live in the flesh, or the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up for me. I do not nullify the grace of God, for if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died needlessly. As I've hinted at, this particular section of the New Testament um, is one which was extremely important in my doctoral studies. Um, my uh, PhD was actually all about uh, life and death imagery in Galatians. And this is one of the uh, initial instances of that very imagery. Um, the truth is I'm not going to be able to do justice to this section of text uh, in the time uh, that we have. So I'll try to give um, some of the key overview issues and some of the key details but this is by no means exhaustive. We, we really could have done, you know, two or three hours uh, just on this section of text alone. That's not an exaggeration, by the way. So we are Jews by nature. And that's a better translation, I think, than some translations which say Jews by birth. It does actually literally say Jews by nature. And I think Paul is being somewhat sarcastic here and not sinners from among the Gentiles. Although there is, of course, some truth to this insofar as Jews did consider Gentiles, i.e. people without the law, to be somewhat uh, morally bankrupt, to not be um, people who uh, understand uh, divine ethical behaviour. But Paul's point is that even we, we who are Jews by nature, in other words, those of us who have the law, even we know that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but through faith in Christ Jesus. We're not going to be able, as I said, to, to do um, complete justice, if you'll pardon the pun, um, to these key phrases. But the key phrases here are justified, works of the law and faith in Christ Jesus. We need to briefly unpack what it is Paul is saying here. But again, we have to unpack it very conscious of why Paul is raising this in the first place. He's raising it because of what I've argued are three incidences uh, of uh, Jewish people, either Jewish Christians or, or, or just Jews, marginalizing a particular cross-section of the church on the basis of some misunderstanding of law. And in this case, it's most directly related to the Antioch issues. Uh, 
try to follow along with what I'm saying here. I'll try not to make it needlessly complex. The Greek set of words which are translated righteousness, righteous, um, they all come from the same root and it's very obvious in Greek. It's not so obvious in English. Um, so trying to get to what justified means exactly is is difficult, except to say it is related to words which mean something to do with putting something right. And so I want to suggest purely for the sake of this podcast and for the sake of your general understanding of Galatians, that whatever else you think justification may mean, and of course it may mean something to do with being found innocent in a sort of court case type scenario, which is certainly how Martin Luther and the other reformers saw it, Um, but it means something literally to do with being put right, whether it's to do with being declared right or being made right, It has something to do with being rectified, put right before God. So what's Paul saying here? You're effectively not put right before God by the works of the law. Now that could mean just obeying the law. Again, this was generally the uh, reformer's position. But most recently, a number of scholars have argued, and I would tend to agree, that the works of the law actually refer to those parts of the law which dictate to Jews parts of their ritual life and their um, cultic life, which have to do with things which are exclusive only to Jews and therefore exclude non-Jews. So things like circumcision, these are, this is a practice which is um, central to Jewish cultic life, but not to Gentiles. Things like Sabbath observance. Again, observing the Sabbath is is one of the, the Ten Commandments. It's part, it's at the heart of the law. It's not something that a Gentile would do. A Sabbath means nothing to a Gentile. Or the kosher law, the food laws, uh, or the kashrut as it's known um, in, uh, in Hebrew. Again, th- th- there are fairly strict laws um, which Jews observed about the kind of things they can and cannot eat. Um, again, Gentiles had no such restrictions. And there are some who think that the works of the law actually point to these elements of the law, the elements of the law which are to do with Jewish national identity. I would tend to go along with that. Um, I think that um, whether or not you think the works of the law apply to those things or just the law more broadly, the truth is that in Galatians, it's those three things which are most key. Um, circumcision especially, but also the food laws and the Sabbath laws. So you're put right by God, not by observing these laws, which mark you out as a Jew, but you are put right by faith in Christ Jesus. I should mention um, just briefly again, without going into any exhaustive detail, that there are roughly two camps involved in how you translate the phrase which is most commonly translated faith in Christ Jesus. The Greek is somewhat somewhat ambiguous. It could be translated faithfulness of Christ Jesus. And this then raises a quandary. 
Is Paul saying that we are justified, that is, we are put right before God because of our faith in Christ? Or is he saying we're put right before God because of Christ's own faith in God in going to the cross? Now, you may well say that both of those things are important and you'd be absolutely right. The question is, though, which one of those is Paul actually talking about in this context? There are some who would take a position somewhere between the two. I personally opt for the traditional understanding that it refers to faith in Christ, um, but I'm not going to um, force anyone into a, into a particular position on that here and now. Um, the truth is that in some areas it does affect the, the interpretation of the letter, but actually overall it doesn't make that much of a difference. The point is that it's faith and not works of the law which put someone in the right before God. And Paul is absolutely adamant about this. He will not budge. He's unambiguous. Gentiles do not need to embrace Jewish customs in order to be in the right before God. So then this somewhat strange passage in verse 17, if while seeking to be justified in Christ, we ourselves have also been found to be sinners. In other words, Paul is saying if by insisting that faith and not works are what matters, um, is it then the case that we are somehow making Christ a minister of sin by demanding that we just have faith in him and, and observe the law? And he says, absolutely not. And then in verse 18, he says, if I rebuild what I have once destroyed, I prove myself to be a transgressor. What Paul means there is, if having experienced Christ and realizing that the risen Christ is the um, the pathway to being in the right before God, then to go backwards, as it were, and to insist on obeying the law, that's the thing that makes you a true transgressor, not calling for faith in Christ. And then Paul makes this astonishing statement, which any Jew of his day would have had real problems with. He says, for through the law, I died to the law so that I might live to God. In some way, Paul is saying that the law pointed to a kind of death that he had to die. The old Paul had to die in order that he might, and then this very important phrase, live to God. And that means more than just living a life that God um, approves of. And that becomes quite clear in a moment. Because in verse 20, he says, I've been crucified with Christ. Now, obviously, he wasn't literally crucified with Christ. But what Paul is saying is that in some way, crucifixion is not just what happened to Christ. But in some way, it's happening through him. Our, our old lives and who we used to be, not just the way we used to live, but indeed who we used to be, the sphere that we used to occupy is being crucified and this is very important language it appears again in 524 and again uh, in 614 where paul says that the cosmos itself has been crucified but i've been crucified with christ he says and it is no longer i who live paul says he's dead but then at the end of 220 galatians 220 he says that which i now live in the flesh I live by faith in the Son of God. Well, which is it? A moment ago, he says he's dead. Now he's saying that the life he lives 
in the flesh, he lives by faith in the Son of God. Well, there is that adjoining phrase in the middle, which is absolutely key. Christ lives in me. And this to me is the absolute hub of what it means to be justified. The risen life of Christ brings a new reanimating energy into the people who believe in Jesus. The risen Christ takes residence in a new believer, someone who puts their faith in Christ. And the presence of the risen Christ means that you are alive in a new way. And this is what Paul means by living to God. And so when he sums up by saying that in, in doing this, that he's not nullifying the grace of God. What he's saying is that this is how God demonstrated his grace, by allowing the risen Christ to live in him. And if being in the right could come about by law, then there was no point in Christ dying. And as we'll see from the very first verse of the next section, and in this case in chapter 3, it's very clear that Paul considers the death of Jesus to be the very linchpin of um, being in the right before God. This is the watershed moment, Christ's death and his ultimate resurrection. This is the event about which the, a true relationship with God um, revolves. So Paul has died some kind of a death and a new Paul has been made alive as a result. He'll say a similar thing about Gentiles in chapter 5. He'll, as I said, he'll say something about the world going through this in chapter 6. But ultimately, this notion of life emerging from death becomes the key motif for understanding what it means to be justified. To be justified is to move from death to life, to move from the deadness of sin and estrangement from God into the new life energized by the risen Christ, the new life um, by which we live in a new way, the new life which has as its basis what Jeremiah referred to as a new covenant, the new arrangement, the new agreement with God, that by faith in him we're alive in a new way. There is, of course, one more component to this entire narrative, which will be the subject of the next section that Paul discusses, and it is the presence of the Spirit. And I think the important thing to understand here is that the Spirit is the mediator of the risen life of Christ into someone with faith. So, in my um, research and in my understanding, what does it mean to be justified? It means to have the risen Christ mediated into you by the Holy Spirit. What then does this all have to do with what happened in Antioch? Well, it seems to me that what Paul is ultimately saying is if the Spirit mediates the risen Christ into people and that's what puts them in the right before God, that they cannot be made any more right before God by observing Jewish customs. And to insist on that is to almost turn the clock back on what God has done. It is to almost nullify the notion of the risen Christ living in people. And this is why this was a battle that Paul absolutely could not lose. I think the lenses of death and life are so important when we consider turnarounds in our life. It is the ultimate turnaround. 
if you think about a passage like Ezekiel 37, the so-called Valley of the Dry Bones, this was a um, it was actually a, a freedom drama. It's actually a narrative about um, Judah in captivity in Babylon and being released, and it's told in terms of this valley of, of, of dry skeletons being empowered by the spirit and rising up as a great army. Well, these motifs are actually very common both in the Hebrew Bible and in other early Jewish texts, that part of, uh, the, of, a, of a significant way of demonstrating the way that God works is to use this imagery of life emerging from death. And I think as Christians, we ought to see ourselves as those who, who carry the risen Christ in us, as people who go and bring new life to scenarios where there is deadness. Think about your own context. Where is there a, a lingering sense of deadness? Where is there a, a lingering sense of disconnection, of, of even despair, of depression? As Christians, as those who are bearers of the very image of Jesus Christ. We are the bearers of life. We are the bringers of new life. We are those who carry the risen life of Christ in us. And you can, I'm sure, just even in your own context, imagine so many areas which need an injection of new life, of new energy, of fresh ideas, of fresh perspective. Well, that fresh perspective, that fresh life, that fresh idea is you. It is God working in you through the power of the risen Christ who lives in you to go and to bring that new life wherever deadness exists.